listening to We Are History. I'm Angela Barnes. And I'm John O'Farrell. Oh, and it's a big one this week, John. We all know this one. We think we do. We think we do, Angela, but there's a lot more to it. It is 1066, John. Battle of Hastings. Um, 1066 always presented as the first date you learn in history, isn't it? And therefore, it must be... The most important well, thing that ever happened. Is that right? Well, it is. This, yeah, maybe that uh, uh, Yateman and Seller book, 1066 and all that. It was like, yeah, history sort of starts with 1066 and uh, and take it from there. But um, why? Why is it important? Why is it significant? Is it because we were taught the dusty old story of kings and queens? Mm. Has it got that image to you, Angela? Yeah, it's one of those... That there's sort of bits of history that in my head... I can't remember what is history and what are fairy tales. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You just go, oh, this is a lovely fairy tale. Princess and the pea. Are they, which one of those is real? There's, um, <laughs> so William the Conqueror turns into a beast. Yeah. And, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's one of those stories you think, oh, yeah, Battle of Hastings. I know that one. And then when yeah. I actually think about it, I go, oh, well, all I actually know is that William the Conqueror defeats Harold... There's something to do with a, an arrow in the eye and then there's a yeah. tapestry. And that's right. really all. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's very interesting because I think it has uh, consequences that we still uh, uh, still ram- have ramifications today. I think it informs, informs our view of social class today, of uh, misplaced notions of British exceptionalism and maybe our, even our fearful take on uh, immigration. So you're going to persuade me, are you, that it's still relevant and interesting? Because I'll admit, John, when you said you wanted to do Battle of Hastings, I was like, well, for a start, I just thought, oh, God, that just makes me go, oh, that's proper history. That's not what we do. I know, it's a bit first base. Yeah, and also I thought, I know why John's doing this, because he's written about it in his bloody book. And so all he has to do is read his own book. Uh, and the research I've research done for this, done. you won't believe it. No, but when I wrote that history book, I read loads of books about it. So I'm bringing that experience to it. If I any jokes are recycled, they are purely for environmental reasons to save natural resources of jokes in the joke mind. Because we all know that jokes do a lot of damage when they're released into the sea, don't they, so Mine do, mine do. <laughs> so a bit of background on 1066. Well, of course, England was a Saxon kingdom. It had been unified. Are we not going uh, back to the Romans, John? No? Uh, no, no. No, I think uh, I think six, we can just go back a hundred years okay. to Athelstan. Athelstan yes. was the greatest of the Saxons, in my opinion. He doesn't get the great like his uh, grandfather did, who Alfred the Great. Alfred, he was a grand, yeah. but it was Athelstan who united England over a hundred years before Hastings, uh, and the, you know he had a little coin made that said ruler of all Britannicum, you know. So yes, it was quite an advanced European country, Saxon People England. People do want the background of it. Go back to our Ethelred the Unready. Yes, indeed. We did cover a lot of Saxon history in that, didn't we? We did. I mean, life in England was very sort of, the style was very heavy metal. It was all axes and leather and Vikings turning up all over the place. John, you're turning me on. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you're a new romantic or a mod, you were out of fashion. You were were in the wrong place. No frilly cuffs in Saxon Britain. No, very much so. It's very much sort of, you know, spinal tap and all that. Ten sixty six comes along. There were three kings on the English throne in ten sixty six. In January, came the came the death of Edward the Confessor. So he was the he was the son of uh, Ethelred the Unready. Again, so, see earlier again, podcast. See earlier podcast. And uh, <laughs> why was he called Edward the Confessor, Angela? Um, did he confess something, John? 
It's every time anything happened, it was like, sorry, guys, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Who broke window the window? Bro- yeah, we played <laughs> indoor cricket. I was just having a laugh, all right? Don't give me a hard time. So, no, he was very pious. He was very pious. He was the one who sort of started the building of um, Westminster Abbey. He had fallen into a coma before naming his heir. Now, this is uh, a big deal, isn't it, in, yeah, uh, at this time? Days. Because there wasn't an obvious heir like there is now, was there? No, they, I don't think he had a son ready to take over. Mm. But they had a powerful Earl of Essex, Harold. Is that Harold uh, Godwinson? Harold Godwinson, yeah. And he um, he said, oh, he woke up. He woke up. I went in there and he woke up for a bit and he said, I should be king. So Honest, what, he did. You know, Edward was in a coma. He woke up just to say, <laughs> Harold, mate, you should have it after me. <laughs> but his mother had been um, Emma of Normandy. So that's where the little Norman involvement comes in. And over at the other side of the channel, William... It was only the Duke of Normandy there, said, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. When Harold was shipwrecked in Normandy, I had him come in with me and he promised me that I could be the next King of England. Harold said he wouldn't go for it. The fact that there were a load of my knights with very sharp swords standing behind him, <laughs> nothing to do with it. Yeah, um, it was completely his own free will. Absolutely. He, he said, no, you have it, mate. I've got plenty going on with being Earl of Wessex. I don't need to be King of England as well. <laughs> so when Harold became Harold II of England and rose to the uh, Saxon throne. So he did rise to the exceed. Saxon throne then after. He did. He was, uh, he, was, he was sort of voted in by various Saxon nobles. He wasn't mm. of royal blood. He was a, um, a duke or an earl or whatever. Duke of and presumably <laughs> with the surname Godwinson of Viking... Well, I think they all. I think it's all a bit mixed up. Yeah, it does sound a bit. Yeah, Viking, by this it? point. Yeah, what if his sixth is, sister was Godwin's daughter? Daughter, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Actually, I think that was just Saxon. But anyway, William decided he was going to invade, and he's tried to go around getting support for an invasion of England. Mm. But all the other noblemen of sort of Northern Europe were like, "Oh, third, oh, third, oh, I can't, I can't busy. make." Ah, uh, Zumba. I've got my Zumba class. Oh. <laughs> I, I would do, but uh, I said I'd take the wife to her mum's. So we're doing that at the weekend. Um, Why were they not keen, John? Because it was irreligious. It was not the, 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 the will of God. Right. And also they might get killed. That's another thing. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> That's probably but, then, but then William goes, ah, but when Harold was with me, he swore an oath on some sacred relics. He's, so now uh, it is a religious issue. Now he gets the church. He gets the church to say, the, the, give him his blessing. It's funny, isn't it, John? That you I never know. mentioned the religious relics the first time round. I know, I know. But the, the religious mm. relics is like, so he swore on some actual bones, not the actual bones, uh, <laughs> of a saint, not a not saint. A saint. You know, but it's like, so, but he, you know, these relics were like these things that were all over Europe. Bits of the true cross on which Christ had died, the bones of Saint Peter, whatever, and they're all just swept up bits of wood that some con man had put in a. In it's a, like the bits of, of the Berlin Wall, isn't it? It's no, that, my bit know. of the Berlin Wall is a bit of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> Stop saying that. it's not. That is a proper bit I love of the Berlin that I Wall. I still managed to bring that up even in an episode on the Battle of Hastings. How I don't believe John's it, bit of the Berlin Wall. It is. Wall is my mate brought it back. He's maybe he was well lying. But anyway, so anyway, once the church gave William his blessing, he started to get support from the other noblemen over the channel and began to assemble a fleet. Mm. Our spies are aware of this threat and uh, they have got an army in readiness for William's invasion. So we're talking sort of summertime at the moment, are we? Yes, yeah, summer 1066. In, yeah, 1066. And 
like then you couldn't just go right. Let's go and invade now. We'll just pop no, on the no, no, no Stena line then. No, no Stena line. No <laughs> booze cruises to Calais. Uh, no. So you had to wait for the wind to be right, right? Yes. To, to get you from Normandy to Britain, it wasn't just a case of right, getting your boat and let's steer it. You've let's go. To... No, no. It's before the uh, Arab sails came into Europe. You know where you could tack and steer. Uh, you know, sail into the wind. The old European sails were just big flat squares of sheet and you had to go whichever way the wind blew. So, so William were... sat with his sort of amassed troops in Normandy waiting for the wind to blow the right way. Yeah, now he'd assembled about 7,000 sort of Flemish, Breton, Norman knights. They had all the equipment, siege equipment, you know, horses. They're a cavalry uh, army, whereas the, the Saxons were a much more foot soldier. But, you know, all of August or September just didn't happen. Where, so Harold's army are just sat in England going, come on in, where are they? Yeah, no, they're going, well, we've got stuff to do, Harold, mate. It's, yeah. I've got, they're I'll all just sit here waiting. I've got a harvest to get in. It's like, it's August now and the, mm. the corn is turning golden. I've got to go back. And he's going, no, can everyone stay here, please? Look, no, don't, no, I've, don't go off. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> no, at the back, can you stop talking, please? So he's trying <laughs> to hold his army together. Right. And he goes, right, and then he gets a message. Oh, hang on, hang on, we've got to go to Yorkshire now. What? Yorkshire? What? Yo, you just said stay here, mate. Mm. It's like, no, because now his half-brother, Tostig, has decided he's going to invade. That's definitely the... Scandinavian, Tostig. He, he was. It was him and the King of Norway. Yeah, Hardrada. Harold Hardrada. Yeah, the King of Norway. that's right. And they had designs on the English throne as well, because the throne was sort of contested because he wasn't an automatic royal, you see. What was it about the, the English throne that was so desirable? To have is Cut. it just be- is it a good strategic place I suppose well, I think or? anything where you've got lush fertile land mm. and um, money to be made from tithes and whatever I mean you know they're all conquering each other uh, all the time I think yeah. the fact that the throne was contested made it like a power grab by various noblemen who thought they could increase their power like when someone wants something it becomes yeah, attractive yeah. right. That's what it is. It's like, I want yeah. it now. You didn't want yeah. it till your half-brother got yeah, it. Now, now you, you want, want it. it. I want it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's how it worked out. So they landed. They won a battle up in Yorkshire. First round tie against local Northern Army. Plucky part-timers from Yorkshire. Didn't stand a chance. But um, <laughs> suddenly they're through to the next round against Harold. And uh, he's marching up to Yorkshire with his Saxon army, leaving Sussex behind. And they're, right. they're going up. So he's got his army amassed in Sussex waiting for Normans. Yeah. His brother and the king of Norway have arrived in Yorkshire. So he's like, come on, lads, up we go. Yeah. So do you know up where the battle Stamford was? Bridge. You, the Stamford, Stamford Bridge. The Stamford Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, not no, they said, no, he's going, it's Chelsea. That's not that Stamford Bridge, you idiots. It's a, it's a place <laughs> called Stamford Bridge in Yorkshire. <laughs> Oh, no, you've got to walk all the way up there. <laughs> the thing about the Battle of Stamford Bridge now is every time there's a slight skirmish at a Chelsea match, everyone goes, it's the Battle of Stamford Bridge. Bridge. Yeah, Daily Mail headline, <laughs> Battle of Stamford Bridge. Mm. There was a story about 10 years ago with the daughter of Earl Spencer, mm. uh, who was invited to, to Chelsea. And so they put Stamford Bridge in the sat-nav and they went all the way to Yorkshire and didn't get to see the game. Oh, you're joking? <laughs> yeah, it was in all the at papers. At what point yeah. do you go, though, I think... Yeah, I know. What about you? They were going a bit far. Football. Like, I'm they pretty driving, sure... They were driving from Derbyshire or something and they just went north instead of south. They were just chatting away in the back of the car. I think it might have even been the taxi driver who did it, but it's good, <laughs> it's good, good cock That reminds me of a lovely story of um, Sean Walsh, the comedian, was uh, doing a gig in Hartford. Yeah. And um, he got a bit confused when he read his... Th- and, and he doesn't drive, so he got the train to Hereford. Oh, no, that's so far away. So far away. <laughs> Hereford. 
Oh, God, this sort of what his support act were all waiting for him. Oh, no, in what a disaster. And the venue phoned and said, where are you? He's like about five minutes away from the venue. So they wait. And he gets to the oh. venue. The venue's all locked up. No one's there. So he where, phones I mean, them. Oh, what God. venue are you at? Hereford. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What a disaster. So they have to send him. I'm sure I've home. done things like that. I'm sure I've done things like that before. Uh, anyway, Harold went anyway. to the right Stamford Bridge for his battle. He didn't go to Chelsea's ground, which hadn't been built yet. Chelsea's ground built very late, long after Fulham's ground. I hasten Sorry, John, I've fallen asleep. What are you banging on about? <laughs> so Harold wins an overwhelming victory up north. And that battle of Stamford Bridge sort of ends the Scandinavian threat to England forever. That is the and, end of the Vikings, the end of the Norwegian. And actually, had what happened next not happened next... We'd all be, be talking about the Battle of Stamford Bridge. We probably right? would, yeah, yeah. We'd because, probably be very famous. Like you say, that was the end. Of, the Vikings have been relentlessly invading. Oh, they've been a nuisance throughout that period, and so they had arrived in what was it, three hundred long boats, but they went home in twenty-five. That's yeah, how were, divi- that, that, that's how massive that were. battle was. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that there's a couple of sort of attempts for the Vikings to come back, but pretty much that ended. Yeah. The Viking invasions of Britain, which is a Until massive Abba. deal at that Until time. Abba. Until Abba. Yeah. yeah. And Ikea. <laughs> yeah. But, that, you know, yeah. it's, it just seems mad to me that we... That's yeah. not the one that it's, we remember, the one no, that... No, because of what happened next, really. So the, what happened the, next. Yeah, so a uh, few days after, news comes through that William the Conqueror has landed in Sussex. Oh, William, right. William the what? What's his name? Exactly. For a start, that's... That's going to be a worry, isn't it? Yeah, William, William yeah. the who now? William yeah. the... <laughs> no, don't take notice of his nickname, yeah, Harold. Don't, don't let, let that affect, affect your confidence, Harold. It's going <laughs> to conqueror. be fine. Many meanings to conqueror. Actually, William's nickname was not the conqueror then, of course, because he hadn't no. conquered us. No, that but, was very um, much later. He was called William the Bastard. Which is um, much better. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm not sure he, he banded that around in the pub. Hey, William the Bastard's here. <laughs> no, uh, his dad had had an affair with a tanner's daughter. A tanner's daughter? Yeah, not Angela, a tanner like in Body Brown, the electric beach. <laughs> when we were doing the Black Death, I talked about I know, tanners and Angela tanner was like, is, tanners? John. Tanners, really, back it's then? Because I'm from Kent, I'm not an orange woman. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get this straight. So he's been waiting all summer for the Normans to yeah. come. They don't come. But the Vikings do. So he goes up there, sees off these Vikings, and he's now got an army that's potentially a bit tired and yes. a bit sort of depleted, having just yeah. done this big battle. And now the North... It's like, not now, William the Bastard. I know. William the Bastard turned up. And is he, is, he is a bit of a bastard as well. There's a story that when William the Bastard was besieging a castle in France, they all hung out animal hides to mock his parentage. Right. And uh, when he took the castle, he chopped the feet off 32 of them on the Chop other their side feet off yeah he just a bit of satire he didn't like the satire a little little bit of laughter at his nickname yeah. and he just made them all uh, what would he uh, do if they'd had spitting image in those i know days? so william the bastard was his name if you're listening to this and you're still at school age just keep pointing this out to the teacher yeah. so was he called <laughs> william the bastard or i know farrell no but that's his name sir william the bastard, bastard? what's a bastard sir <laughs> so you have our permission to do that if you're still in school Anyway, Harold rushes down to Sussex. Now, he could have waited. He could have regrouped his forces, mm. paused at London to rearm and stuff like that. But he, he didn't. And that and might this have is, been his That's mistake. a major thing, isn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, what I suppose at that point, you've got 
this invading army who are starting to ransack settlements and whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So, Obviously, and then he's the Earl of Wessex, so they're in Wessex, and so he has it's his manor. He's going, oh, that's my that's my friends and relations. He's sort of you know burning down their houses and yeah. killing everybody. So you can understand so, why he did rush back with the army, even though yeah. it might have been more sensible to regroup, rearm, yeah. and prepare. Yeah. So he gets down. He goes down to Sussex, and the two armies face each other. Who would win? What would be the fate of England? That Angela is where I think we should take a break. And you're going to have to wait dun, to find dun. out. Oh, you can't leave Sir Basil like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Basil Brush? He'd close the book and go, you can't leave Sir Basil. <laughs> oh, this is for people of a certain age. Anyone under 40 has no idea what you just did then, John. Basil the farmer, the knight in shining armour. Oh, he died John's the other a day, he? he? died. <laughs> Basil's friend died, didn't he, the other day? We're going to yeah, take probably. a break while John yeah. goes and takes his medication. We'll be back shortly. Okay, John, we are back. Uh, just a little recap. It's 1066. The Anglo-Saxons have just seen off the Vikings up north and now they're back in Sussex where the Normans have arrived. And they're going to fight this... Battle, not at Hastings, is it? It's at a no. place called Battle. Which makes sense, really. The way it probably panned out was there's a big roadside saying Battle Three Miles. They'll go, oh, it's this way, lads. It's, it's down way. here. It's a, it's a big signpost. <laughs> so this is where you want to go. There's, there's quite a lot of controversy, isn't there, about... Well, the sort of controversy. I think most historians say, no, there isn't controversy. Battle is definitely where the battle yeah. was held. Because... Um, wasn't Battle Abbey, which incidentally, because I live not that far from there, Battle Abbey is beautiful is it? Um, and really worth a visit. But that was said to be built by William the Conqueror on the site on the site of the battle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was his sort of biographer um, who first said that. So there's no real reason to doubt it. Although there have been some suggestions that it wasn't there, but really it doesn't right. matter. So it wasn't at Hastings. That's the main thing. Hastings yeah. uh, is, is nearby, and but they landed yes. at Pevensey Bay. Um, you know what the hospital's called in Hastings? Is it? Oh, is it? It's called uh, the Conquest. The Conquest. Well, all of this yeah. area is called 1066 Country, isn't it? Mm. So those back then, those signs would have been really new, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> um, they but changed anyway, when, them every year up to yeah, that that's point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so William landed. When he landed, by the way, he he mm. stepped out from the boat and he tripped and fell. And yeah. he picked up. And they, everyone thought, oh, this is very suspicious back then. They went, oh, that's a bad omen. But he picked up okay. and the sand in his hands and went, look, I already have England in my grasp. And they went, oh, that's oh. very good. Very good. Sir. He was a bit of a bastard. So you had to laugh at his jokes. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, this may be a myth because, or he may have done this deliberately because it's exactly what happened with Julius Caesar when he landed uh, on the South yeah. Coast. He did the same thing and did the same line. There was another omen, wasn't there, John? Oh, um, there was. Yeah. That Halley's One, two, comet. three o'clock, rock around the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Halley's Comet. Bill Haley and the comets were going through the sky. <laughs> and, um, that's right. They said, <laughs> or oh, something. Or some they're shit. dressed weird. Um, yeah. No, so they saw Haley's Comet and that was thought to be Well, that could be an omen either way, yeah. I mean, yeah. that features in the Bay of Tapestry, which we'll come on to. Mm. But yeah, as I said, William had turned up with 7,000 Normans, Britons and Flemish, all their gear, all their horses, no weight limit on the luggage back then. They were there for sort of like a medieval share issue, really. He, he was like, because, you know, well, how do you motivate some Breton nobleman mm. uh, to join your invasion force? Well, you say, well, 
Look what you could win. This lovely manor house in the English countryside. It comes with farm, horses and lovely little moat. And there's a, 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 a vegetable garden for your missus. So that's basically <laughs> what it was. It was like, take part in this and you could it, win a house. It was sort of quite elite knights that he brought with him, wasn't it? And I think, is it worth mentioning that they were on horseback, which yeah. wasn't the way Saxons fought. Saxons no. were very much foot soldiers. Yeah, yeah, um, so it's two different race styles the, here, yeah. Yeah, the Normans had adopted this sort of horseback style of fighting. Yeah. So already that's a... That's a, that's a, that's a, a sort of yes, uneven, style. I'd say it's an uneven contest, Pretty uneven, really. horses are well, Yeah, except that. So given that, the, 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 with, the, with the battle, you know, looking like it's about to begin, the Saxon foot soldiers, they all take up a position on the top of a hill mm. and wait for the Normans to ride up the hill and attack. Uh, and they were like, oh, this is a bit, that's a bit hard riding up that hill. Nothing happens. So but before the battle, in between the lines, a Norman minstrel walks out between the two armies and he sings the song of Roland. Do you know, do you, guess what happens to him? Does he get killed by he a get, they just, they, Someone just kills him. It's like, you must have had Man, heckles like I've that. I've had heckles, but that's... that's I've tough, never been, had an arrow through me. No, just for no, someone actually, didn't like don't you. give them ideas, John. Yeah. I what's the worst heckle? Person. What's the worst heckle you've had then, Angela? What's, what's the, you must have the had worst, some... I've had lots of sexist heckles. I've had, oh, God, um, yeah. The worst one I've had, I th- or, or just in terms of it just being really boringly sexist, was before I'd even got to the microphone, somebody shouted out, get back in the fucking kitchen, oh, which God. was nice. Um, oh. Yeah, so, but I, to be honest, heckling it, doesn't happen as much as you think it does. Uh, and it? also, most heckles really easy to deal with because it's idiots who haven't really thought it through that's but, what they said that's what they said to this minstrel that's it <laughs> they, said, they said don't worry about the hecklers just go out there yeah. and sing the song of roland <laughs> once they'd killed the norman uh, yeah. entertainer who was doing a nice warm-up yeah he was just trying to foster a bit of fun yeah well the normans were across then so they start to charge their horses up the hill hoping they could break through the saxon shield wall uh, so and that's Harold, what they've done isn't it they've, they've massive shield wall top of the massive hill. shield wall was their yeah, way of defense yeah. and actually they were in a good position right the top of the hill is where you want to be so they yeah. should have even though their numbers were fewer yeah they, they were in a good position and uh, um harold as long as we keep this formation just do not break the shield wall do not you know break it has everyone got that? Can you all hear me? Yeah. Something about breaking the formation or something? Yeah, do not <laughs> chase the retreating Normans. What have we got to do? Is it chase, chase the, chase the Normans? Normans? Did he say chase the Normans? So basically the, the Bretons attacked up the gentlest slope and then turned around and ran away. And they're like, run away, run away. So then some of the Saxons there went, they're running away quick. Didn't he say stay? Wasn't it something about staying up here? Look, no, we're going to miss them. So they broke formation, chased after them. Then the Normans, some more horses come round the corner, gallop up the hill through the broken shield wall and start hacking away at the Saxons on foot. And that is the key so moment of the battle. So they to retreat. It was a feigned retreat, yeah. It happened all along the line then after that. And right. suddenly the tide of the battle was turning and uh, two of Harold's brothers get killed. And then Harold himself finally cops it. Now, John, did he... You know what I'm going to ask? <laughs> did he have did life insurance? Harold get... <laughs> yes. <laughs> His premium went up when he had all these battles. <laughs> did he get an arrow in the eye? Well, we well, we really we'll don't know. know. We? we really don't know, Angela. Um, so, no, I, mean, I think probably is the case. It's argued that on the tapestry, the bloke with the arrow in his eye is not Harold. Because it says Harold dies, but there's people dying all over the place underneath. Yeah. And um, the guy next to the guy getting the arrow in the eye he's got really fancy socks and they think maybe the guy in the fancy socks is supposed to be Harold I mean the Bayer tapestry 
although sort of contemporary. It's quite not, soon after. It's yeah. not. Um, you can't you know, it's art, it. isn't it? You can't no. really because artistic no. license being a thing. It's like yeah. taking this podcast as a source. Oh no, you can take this. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 there's not just that the Bayer tapestry. There's one contemporary account that has Harold pulling the arrow from his eye, fighting on till the Norman knight skewers him through the heart, oh. chops off his leg, and then his corpse is castrated for good measure. Just to make sure he's completely yeah. humiliated. And then, at which point Harold's going, all right, we'll call it a draw. <laughs> <laughs> like the Monty Python night. No, apparently Harold's body was so mutilated that it couldn't be identified, uh, except oh except by certain marks on his body, which his lady friend was oh, really? to identify. So he must have had a birthmark on his bum or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was his mistress who was like, not his wife, his mistress who was like, is this oh, yeah, Harold? That... Oh, let me check. Oh, Put uh, his armour down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, oh, that's him, definitely. Oh, yeah. no, that one anyway. Yeah. So luckily they didn't put that detail in the bear tapestry. So they're hoping for a PG certificate, you know. So, right. Contains mild peril, graphic violence, mild dead languages. Dead languages. Yeah, oh, there's a, there's those a lot tapestry of nasties. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> so, this is the silliest episode we've ever done, John. <laughs> yeah, so the bear tapestry, we should talk about that. It was yes. not done in bear, it was not a tapestry. Oh, uh, that's it. I'm out. What? <laughs> So it's the everything can- we've been taught a lie, John. I know. The Canterbury embroidery is what it should be called. Was uh, it done in Canterbury? It was done down, down in your manor. Yeah, you know, I think you're I from. did know that because I grew up in Kent and I almost certainly did learn that as a Yeah, child. it obviously stayed with you. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, clearly it's giving uh, Williams versions of events. It's uh, him justifying his invasion. It's people who work for him putting up the narrative of here is Harold swearing on the relics. Here is, you know, uh, me obliged to follow the, the my, my conscience and take this land that belongs to me. Mm. It's spin. It's middle-aged pravda, really. History, they say, is knitted by the winners. Angela. John, that's a <laughs> yes. joke from your book. I know it I'm, is. <laughs> Look, I said I was going to recycle them. <laughs> oh, dear. So we know that um, William won the battle, but even William at that point didn't know if he'd won the war, if he would be still see yeah, more resistance. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily instantly make yeah. him king of England because he's killed No, it Harold. doesn't, no. Really, all Harold needed to do in that battle was survive, wasn't it? Because wasn't there at that time, what, there was a lot of sort of recurring battles for, for thrones and things. So you could have the battle, survive, go away, regroup, come back yep. and try again. Yeah. You know, so... Really, by going in all guns blazing immediately, quickly with a small army, was his downfall. That was an exhausted army, which had just fought up in Yorkshire. Because really, all he needed to do was survive that battle. Yeah. And he could have continued fighting. There would have been sort of war, a war against us, but there wouldn't have been many reinforcements for the Normans. They didn't have Mm. lots more people to call on. And they would have, you know, if he prolonged it as well. their supplies would have run out. Their, you know, yeah, they yeah. would have then had to go out and ransack villages or whatever to get supplies. Yeah, it, absolutely. It was a battle he absolutely shouldn't have lost, wasn't it? No, it was... He uh, yeah. died. <laughs> yeah, he's made a big mistake by dying there. Yeah, yeah what an yeah. idiot. <laughs> so the Saxons then, there was like, who do we uh, turn to? Mm. And so the next in line for the hereditary... They'd seen what a disaster it had been to have a sort of an elected monarch in Harold, mm. who was just an earl. So they crowned the 13-year-old next in line, this boy, Atheling. And uh, he was useless. And it's like... Oh, yeah, he's 13. Of course he's 13. He's, he's, thinking about, he's thinking about sex. He's thinking about spots. Yeah. You know, he's thinking about his underarm body odour. Yeah. He's, he's not thinking about how do I defeat uh, the Norman invaders. Yeah. There were several times when William... 
the conqueror could have had this boy killed. He could have defeated in battle and had him killed. Mm. And they sort of think, why didn't he do that? And they, they think that the, the historians think that maybe he thought this guy is more used to be alive because he's as so the figurehead. A, fi- a useless teenage figurehead is better than if he died and we had a more effective opposition. So the Saxons would then go, hang on a minute, this William guy is going to be better than this 13-year-old drip we've got here. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't think they are ever in favour of William, but they were in favour of another Saxon leader they could have got Right, got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Saxon resistance crumbled on his march to London and William was crowned at Westminster Abbey on Christmas Day, 1066. Just in time um, to do the King's speech. That's right, yeah. So he says, yes, that's right. Yeah, exactly. That's probably what it was. He was thinking, then I can do my little broadcast. They read out the um, oaths in different languages and people got confused and thought there was a riot inside there. And the Normans went outside and killed loads of people on the outside yeah. during, during the thing. And uh, ever since then, the French riot police have been a, a model of good behaviour and restraint. <laughs> um, resistance continued across England after that mm. day. Hereward the Wake held out near the Isle of Ely. He, he was like... Oh, I'm vegan and I don't use gender pronouns. And they were like, oh, no, it's Heroin the Woke. <laughs> Is this on? You've been great. That's my time. <laughs> um, if you go to Peterborough and turn on the radio, you can still hear Heroin FM. Can you? Yeah. They named it after their Saxon resistor back in 1066 or 1067. Uh, radio. Yeah, yeah. That trans- oh, no, that so we're both work. on form I, today. Oh, God. I'm Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of resistance in the north of England and there was very, very brutal suppression of that uprising and what was called the harrying of the north. William's forces went up there, killed thousands, they destroyed the crops, they broke ploughs in two and basically people starved right across the north of England. In the winter, they ended up eating each other. Eating each other, didn't they? Yeah, Yeah, they broke open the skulls of dead bodies and ate the brains out. Mm. But that's northern diet for you, isn't it? They love all that stuff, don't they? Out there, faggots and bloody... Luckily, the North-South divide is not a thing today. Um, (laughs) But then, you know, over the following decade or so, all the Saxon noblemen were replaced with Norman noblemen. So this is quite confusing, because suddenly you've got an upper class that's completely changed and even speak different languages. They've got different customs, different habits. Yeah. It's It's a complete change of that echelon of society. That's why I'm so interested in it, because... yeah. I've, for, my, for my money, that's where our bloody snobby, unique class system sort of got going, really. Because even right. today, I think you know, English upper class snobbery comes with a sort of French sheen. You know, menus in French. And it still is true. Yeah, yeah, Lower yeah. classes still drink beer and 10 strips of land by the allotment. And the upper classes still drink wine and have second homes in the door doing. Yeah, they still yeah. got that sort of snobby... Yeah. We have the most entrenched class system, I think, because of 1066. And the fact we've never had a revolution since or been invaded since. We're about due one, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, come on. Let's do it. Yeah, Um, let's do it. I can't, John. We're in lockdown again. Of course. That's the reason. When I wrote my history book about this period, I opened it with my own personal bugbear, which is you go to some posh country garden party and it's like you've walked for a bloody mile to get there. It's boiling hot. And they say to you, red or white? You go, oh, no, I want a lager. It's boiling yeah. hot. I sure. want a beer. I've got to tell you something. That's what? made me so happy that you've said that, right? So, um, <laughs> as you know, I'm getting married next year. Yeah. And in fact, well, fingers crossed, the wedding yeah. can go ahead to the big wedding that we've planned. Yeah. And um, we're having, for our wedding dinner, we're having pie and mash, right? Yay! And, yeah, I love a bit of pie and mash. And so we were talking about, because I... I don't really drink wine very often. I'm a, a beer Saxon. girl, right? I'm a Saxon beer girl. So whenever I've gone to weddings, 
there's always wine on the table. I, know. I have to go and buy a beer. I know. Right? It drives me crazy. And that's fine. But I'm like, at my wedding, because we're having pie and mash, I think yeah. beer and cider goes better with pie and mash. Absolutely. You're a buddy right? Saxon. That's what this is so, telling me. So, at my wedding, there's going to be beer and cider on the table. And if you want wine, you can bloody well go and buy some. Or fuck off back to Normandy. Or fuck off back to Normandy. <laughs> Normandy. <laughs> Matt was like, oh, people are going to expect there to be wine on the table. No, it's like, a snobby thing. We drink beer. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm Angela. I'm so glad you've said that. Yeah. I blame so, the Normans. Yeah, bloody Normans. <laughs> Every time of these things, my wife is going, do you think they'd mind if I went down the off license and got some Hofmeister? And Jack is, you are not coming back here with <laughs> cans of cold lager from the offy. Just drink some white wine. I'm sitting there sipping this plonk. I don't like, I'm, I'm just yeah. not, a, I enjoy a beer. This is what, see, I think. So, that's, so, so John, you're going to have a great time at my I'm wedding. I'm looking forward to it. Cider and bit fantastic. You see, you're, yeah. you're from Kent. You're, you're actually a duke. Yes. You're a bit duke with a bit of Saxon, I think. A bit dutish. And I'm a bit, I'm a bit Saxon, a little bit, a lot more Irish, bit of Viking as well. I've discovered. Mm. So uh, that's why we have this. Aver- and I, I genuinely have a an aversion to wine. When I drink it, I feel much less well than when I drink loads of beer. Oh yeah, so wine hangover. It's in my DNA. I can't drink white yeah. wine at all. I no, I, a- I enjoy the occasional glass of red if I'm in the mood. But but it, it goes back, you see, it goes back generations yeah. for us. So anyway, for the anyway, lower sorry, classes, for us, that really no, but, me up. good for our for us lower classes, Saxon Celts, Vikings, sorry, or whatever. Us lower classes. No, I put myself in the <laughs> the Anglo-Irish lower classes, oppressed by the Normans. He says from his lovely big house in Clapham. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I took that, but I seized it back. Um, they the lower classes serfdom followed. Okay, so serfdom yeah. wasn't a thing. It was occasionally a thing, but not yeah, not right. Slavery across England. wasn't a thing for the Nor. For no, Normans, Saxon. was it? No, but serfdom was like a form of slavery, really. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're enslaved to the land. And so the Saxons were markedly less free after 1066. Right, yeah. The laws that they had lived under uh, sort of no longer applied, the laws of Winchester. They weren't free to forage or hunt in forests. If you shot a, a deer or something, fired a, uh, your crossbow at a deer, you would have your eyes put out or your hands cut And that's why, isn't it, our um, words for farm animals are still Anglo-Saxon because they were the ones... Yes. Tending the animals. So your pig, cow, calf, all yes. Anglo-Saxon words. Exactly right. Um, but when they were served up as food, then yeah. to the Normans, they had to use the posh French words. So that's why pig becomes pork, yeah. cow becomes beef, yeah. calf becomes veal. Exactly. And not every country has two words like that. Yeah. You know? So the English language you know, has continued to be enriched down the centuries. But we have more words for things in our language than any other language in the world. Uh, because we've had so many different ways of invasions. Mm. As you say, we have uh, this sophisticated language for the French and the lower class language for the for the commoners. So the BBC would never go, and the uh, European community has decided there is too much shit on British beaches. The no. minister <laughs> said that was a load of bollocks. You know, it's, it's all the, it would be excrement and uh, dismissed it as uh, nonsense. So I'm proud of my Anglo. I yeah. always say I do. I, you know, I've got quite Anglo-Saxon sensibilities in my language. I think, and I yes. say it's because I'm a working class girl. What I lack in H's, I make up for in F's. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that the British upper classes didn't use the F word until the First World War? Really? So I did. I found this in a footnote in an AJP Taylor book. And I thought, that's fascinating. He just mentions it. But I, yeah. it says to me that the classes just did not mix at all no. until they were in the trenches, really rubbing up against each other. And a fucking shell lands in your trench and you're going to you're not going to go, Suddenly, oh, fiddlesticks, yeah. oh, are you? Oh when they're, they're when they're when they're all the, the privates going, fuck, you know, you're going to go. That, that actually does say it. That actually does yeah, sort of yeah, express yeah. what I'm feeling right now. But. Prior to 
1914, the upper classes would never say the F word. Any of those swear words would not have been in there. We should do an episode, and I'm going to say this so we do, about the sort of evolution of English language. Like, you know, I did linguistics at university. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really fascinating. It is fascinating. The, I read that, Bill, that, I read that Bill Bryson book on it, actually. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we we'll do, do that. that. Mm. So the different classes had different languages uh, in this country right up until the Black Death. So that's what, mm. 30, middle of the 1300s. And they gradually merge into one in the time of Chaucer. But, you know, we still have... The posher word is the French word, and the more ordinary word is the is the English word. Mm. The other thing I'd say about 1066, it's the last time that a load of immigrants really did come over here and take all our jobs and take all our homes. And ever since then, all the immigrants have come in the centuries since have started at the bottom and uh, not at the top. So they've, you know, the, the Normans didn't come over here and start driving minicabs and running late night takeaways. <laughs> they were the ones who uh, uh, came in as a new ruling class. So though the DNA of the English was sort of set down in the Anglo-Saxon Norman mix, the other thing to say is though there's been no invasion, there's been immigration. Apart from William of Orange. Yeah, William of Orange was, he did come up with an yeah. army. He did. He did. And we he did. sort of, was it, didn't he come into the sort of West Coast and basically... People in Cornwall went, yeah, come in. Do you want a pasty? Like it wasn't. It was Devon. It was Devon. He landed in Torbay, but yeah, he was invited by certain parliamentarians. Yeah, uh, well, it wasn't a sort of massive bloody. No, he was invited to the Glorious Revolution, but it was. Yeah. Um, but he did turn up with an army, and they were guarding his palace with Dutch soldiers, not English, in yeah, 1688. Yeah. Uh, but no, we've never been invaded properly like that, and that, I think that has also informed a certain sense of British exceptionalism. It sort of made the people go, oh, the Armada couldn't get us and Napoleon couldn't get us and Hitler couldn't get us. You have to go back a thousand years. And that's, oh. you get... But, but, so that's you know, why we big up Hastings. That's why I, make that's ourselves about, I think... ourselves special. I think that might be a part of it, yeah. But of course, ever since then, we've had our DNA continue and our gene pool has continued to, to mix and uh, oh. be enriched by Dutch weavers, German bakers, French Huguenots, Russian Jews... West Indian bus drivers, last week's episode, mm-hmm. uh, Congolese centre backs, you know, and all of them, all of them, you know, enriching our language, our culture, and our late night takeaways. Yeah, this fallacy of your sort of average yeah. UKIP voter that there's a pure, yeah. any sense of what a pure Anglo Saxon is. Even going yeah. back, as we said at the beginning, you know, Harold's surname's Godwinson, his half yeah. brother was Tostig. I mean, they yeah. were not pure. And it, but it's continued ever since. So the yeah. idea that it all stopped in 1066 is yeah. a fallacy. So, when Nigel Farage talks about invasion and he's sitting on the bloody oh. South Bank looking at boats, maybe if someone stuck an arrow in his eye and chopped his bollocks off, then he would know what a real invasion looked like. <laughs> <laughs> that was John O'Farrell who said that. Um, I'm just saying, words. use yeah, the no, conditional I tense. I use the conditional tense. <laughs> if, if they did that, then... So there, there are no invasions of immigrants. So have I convinced you, Angela, that it's worth discussing and it's interesting? You have. It is a meeting. And I think particularly it's the interesting bit is the sort of, well, A, it's how it should just never have happened. Harold should, you know, make yeah. so many mistakes, but also just the knock-on effect of it is so vast and so entrenched in our culture that we don't even... I think, I, think, I think I got you on wine versus beer, actually. I, th- I think that's what I won you did. over. Just when you said that, and I was like, this is exactly the thing I've been arguing about at my wedding, because we were talking about it, and Matt was like, but people don't expect there to be wine on the table. So I was like, well, it's not their wedding, is it? It's ours, so screw Then go it. fucking get some. Yeah, exactly. I've had to buy beer at their weddings. They can buy wine at mine. At last, at last. Oh, I feel <laughs> a strong sense of kinship with you now. Oh. Uh, excellent. All right. Well, look, that's about the Hastings, everyone. It was in, when was it again? What year was it? Oh, I can't remember. Ten something. Ten something. Um, (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode. 
uh, keep Don't sending forget, in your suggestions yeah, on Twitter at We Are History Pod. Not and, uh, John at We Are History. They are some band that John keeps tweeting about by accident. <laughs> it stopped um, about ten years ago. So yeah, <laughs> and um, keep sending in your suggestions, and we'll we'll be back with another episode next and week. And do please, I know we keep asking, but it really helps the old algorithms if you give us um, a rate and review on iTunes. If you use iTunes, just it only takes a minute. Just give us five stars and a little review. We'd really appreciate that. Oh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing I to know, hear, hear I hate begging like grovelling. that. I know. I'm, I've got no shame, John. Because I'm an Anglo-Saxon sir. No Let's shame. go and have some beer. Yeah. And leave the wine to the <laughs> posh people. See you next time. See you next time.